one of two my dad closed was Christmas Day. So we knew this morning when we got finished with everything, we were fine in a tradition at our house Then my mother would say, how many? <laughs> and that meant, how many cheeseburgers do you want on Christmas morning? <laughs> She's watching, so I had to tell this exactly right. <laughs> Uh, so however we get to the peace of Christ in our families, the peace of Christ be with you. Share that with the others around you. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is probably the best known verse in the Bible. John 3, 16 is flashed in ballparks and memorized in Sunday school classes. Why is it so beloved? Because it tells us about God's love, the reason that the Father sent his Son on Christmas Day. He gave his one and only Son that Christmas morning. Why? 
because he loved the world so much. He loved the people that he had created. He loved them despite their struggling, confusion, and sinful nature. He loves us. That is why Jesus came. Yes, he really loves us. He unconditionally loves us. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your undeserved love that envelops us and saves us, that fills us with your spirit and includes us in the momentous plans of your kingdom. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to turn in your hymnal to hymn number 189, just one page four where we were, and uh, join in our singing of While Shepherds Kept Their Flocks. Let's go to the Lord in the prayer of illumination. 
Lord, in this holy season of prayer and song and laughter, we praise you for the great wonders you have sent us, for the shining star and the angel song, for the infant's cry in lowly manger. We praise you for the word made flesh and a little child. We hope, behold his glory and are bathed in its radiance. We kneel before you, shepherds, innkeepers, wise men. Help us to rise bigger than we are. Amen. If you could remain standing as you're able for the reading of God's word. This is from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. Behold, I bring you news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from, uh, from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told him. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated.
if our acolytes and ushers will please come forward to receive our tithes and offering. And just take a moment and think about how blessed we are as a church. We're debt-free. Our youth and children's program is going well. Our missions that uh, uh, folks that do the, the food bank, we're, we're just, we have so much to be grateful for. And uh, what you will give today and during the year will help continue to bless all of those. Um, thank you for that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, as you gave us your most precious gift, your Son, may we honor you this season with gifts from the heart that glorify your most holy name. Amen. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make us new? And this child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to the blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy Calm the storms with his hand. Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you've kissed your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. Oh, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know Oh, the blind will see The deaf will hear The dead will live again The lame will leap And the dumb will speak The praises of the Did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb and this sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. 
Mary, did you know? to today's message, let's lift our hearts one more time to the Lord. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Engulf us. Open our eyes and our minds and our hearts, physically and spiritually, to whatever it is each one of us needs to hear today. Because God, you know our prayers, you know our heart, you know the burdens. God, just speak to us today in a mighty way. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son. Amen. Where do we unpack this scripture that you haven't already heard? Well, honestly, we must go back to the garden. We must go back to Adam and Eve when they took the forbidden fruit, sin entered the world, and God announced judgment. He would place judgment upon the serpent also. And in that moment, God sent out the ultimate save-the-date invitation to all of creation. Genesis 3.15 states, and I will put hostility, friction, rivalry, conflict, discord, discontentment between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. This verse becomes the theme throughout the whole Bible. God's telling the enemy, your days are numbered. God is setting the wheels into motion for the one who is coming. The one who is coming to destroy the enemy's power, authority, kingdom, and the one who is coming to redeem mankind because we all fall short every single day. God states that it will be the seed of the woman. Now, in many times, we hear it's the seed of man, but he is foretelling Mary given birth. Jesus has no earthly father. Therefore, it is the seed of the woman. It is Mary. God said he will crush your head. And isn't that what Jesus did on the cross? He crushed the enemy. He broke the hold that the enemy has. The gift of Christmas cannot really fully be explained through logic or just rational thinking or theologies or doctrines. And I know everyone as I'm about to graduate with my MDiv just said, she failed. Don't let her graduate in the spring. But I believe we have to go a little deeper. It can only be experienced. And I pray today you get to experience Christmas I want you to experience the light of God moving through the world as it announced the coming of the Savior. Little did the enemy know what was meant for evil, God would use for the good of all. The enemy can only bruise the heel of Christ. That is not a death strike because Christ will and did rise once and he will come again. Christ would come to pay the debt, the penalty, 
that Satan sent out from the garden. Mankind can now be redeemed and restored to a God who loves us. God said in the garden, he sent out a save the date invitation in Genesis that the one is coming and he will accomplish God's will. So let's look at this historically. If you fast forward to the 8th century, the prophet Isaiah said to the king, this is Isaiah 7:14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. You will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah is saying the save the date is coming. It's actually going to happen because Emmanuel means God with us. The foretelling of the son, the angel told Mary, you're highly favored by God. Mary's part of the save the date invitation in the garden and the angel is catching her up, getting her up to speed of what has happened. She will bear a son who will save the world. Now most of us in here know that the Old Testament points forward to Christ while the New Testament declares him, receives him, and points back to the foretelling. So let's go back from today, about 2,000 years, and let's talk about the patriarchs for a moment. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The father of Israel, Jacob, the one whom God called Israel. He has 12 sons. On his deathbed, he speaks prophetically over each one. And it gets to Judah. Judah, the tribe, the family of David, the tribe of Jesus. Long before they were a nation, Jacob made a statement in Genesis 49.10 saying, The scepter will not depart from Judah, not the ruler's staff from between his feet, until, until he who is to come comes to bring obedience to all nations. Judah will have the scepter. His tribe is the kingly tribe of Israel. Now, what they didn't understand is that the, they're telling that Shiloh will come. So their understanding of Shiloh, and this comes from the word shalom, Shiloh means the peace of God. They knew Shiloh would bring ultimate peace. That's what they were looking for. They believed that Shiloh was the messenger, the Messiah, the Savior. You see, in Jewish tradition, the scepter meant the ability to pass judgment. It's the right and the authority to execute corporal punishment. And around the year 7 A.D., I love seven, it's a biblical number, it means completion. Around the year 7 AD, Rome was in control. Rome passed laws on the Jewish nation, removing the right for corporal punishment from the Jewish people. They can no longer make those decisions. The Levites, the priests, the rabbis of Israel, they were horrified. This, was, this caused great mourning throughout the whole nation. They were crying out that the scepter had been removed and they thought Shiloh was not coming. They felt the prophetic word of God had been broken through disobedience. Little did they know 
about 30 miles north, a child in a small town playing at his mother's feet. The seed of the woman, Shiloh, the child was there. The save the date invitation had not been broken yet. You see, during this season, we're not just celebrating a missed story. We're celebrating the save the date invitation that was sent out from the garden. It's declared. It was prophesied. It happened. It changed the history of the world and our eternal salvation. Nothing and no one can offer what Christ brought into this world. Let me tell you about the shepherds. They're considered one of the lowest trades in the community. They're considered dirty. They live in the land with their livestock. During the time of sacrifice, the rabbis and the priests would go out to the shepherds, and the shepherds would go pick the spotless lamb. It was the shepherds that cared for those that were to be sacrificed. The shepherds were the one that handed over the spotless lamb to be sacrificed for the atonement of our sin. Not only did God send out the ultimate save-the-date invitation to all of humanity, but it would come to the shepherds first. They would be the first to lay eyes on the ultimate spotless lamb who would atone for all of our sins. God sent a heavenly messenger to the shepherds. Let's talk about the Magi. According to Western tradition, they represented the, the priest of Arabia, Ethiopia, Persia, India. Magi is a Greek term, and it means a subclass of those Persian priests who would look to the stars to guide them, very much like modern-day astrologers, if you will. These are the men who not only studied the stars, but that they saw the star in the east traveling and they followed to worship the newborn king. It would be through the stars that God spoke to them. They brought gifts of frankincense, gold, and myrrh. While gold meant power and wealth, myrrh was also a perfume but an embalmer. It's part of the oil that was used to anoint kings. It was also offered at the crucifixion with the wine because it's believed to be a painkiller. It anoints, it kills the pain, and it embalms. God sent a heavenly messenger through the stars to guide those outside of the Jewish nation.
Mary and Joseph. They both received a kingdom messenger at separate times. And this would be a test of their integrity, a test of their obedience to God and to God's will. God qualifies through obedience and a humble heart. All of this happened as a result of God putting the enemy on notice. So where do we fit in this? Look at the person beside you and say, qualified. Go ahead. Look at the person on the other side of you and say, qualified. Pass it down the pews. You see, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you believe, where you came from. Christ qualifies us when we humble our hearts to obey the will of God. You just received exactly what the shepherds received that night. You received and passed the good news that the angels spoke. You just experienced the Christmas story. Admittedly, it's not just the usual story that we get told every year and, and we can recite by heart and even the people on Charlie Brown, the little guys know it. Qualified is the story behind the story. The child we receive and celebrate is the sign that God has qualified you and I to receive mercy, forgiveness, and grace as the fulfillment of the ultimate save the date invitation from the garden. This child embodies God's stamp of qualification on all of our lives. This child will spend the rest of his life on earth saying qualified but not everyone will receive it. He qualified the poor. He qualified the hungry by feeding them, the weeping by giving them peace, the sinner by purifying their heart, the pure of heart by blessing them, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness by revealing himself to them. He qualified the peacemakers, the outsider by bringing them into the fold, the wedding couple who ran out of wine, the lepers by cleansing them, the prostitute and the tax collector by giving them new perspective. He qualified the 5,000 through fishes and loaves. He qualified the demon possessed by setting them free, the woman who was caught in adultery by not throwing a stone. He qualified Lazarus. He qualified the woman at the well with words of grace, blind Bartimaeus by giving new sight, the hemorrhaging woman by cleansing her body, the centurion's servant by giving him new vision. The widow by giving her new hope. The paralyzed man by physically and spiritually setting him free. The sick and the suffering by healing and restoring. He qualified Nicodemus. He qualified Mary and Martha. Peter, James, John. He qualified Thomas. He qualified Judas. Yes, I said Judas, but it was Judas who turned away, not God. He qualified you. He qualified me. 
Jesus is God's qualifier to this earth, the fulfillment of the ultimate save the date invitation. Regardless where you're from, what you do, what you've undone, what happens in your life today, humble your heart and obey God's will and receive God's stamp of being qualified. That is the result of the ultimate save the date invitation. The qualifier is the gift of Christmas, and it's unconditional. It's a pure gift. It qualifies us by coming to us with peace, joy, hope, love, forgiveness, all through the presence of Christ. God qualifies you, and God qualifies me. God doesn't love us based on how much we love him. He loves us unconditionally. He doesn't accept us based on us proving that we can be acceptable. He accepts us in our brokenness and creates beauty from it. God does not just forgive because we want to change our ways. He forgives when we confess our hearts. He doesn't just show up because we pray to prayer. He's always been present. He's never left us. There is no prerequisite, if you will, to God's qualification except a humble heart that is the gift of Christmas that is Christmas that is what the manger brings that is why we're here today that is why we sing the Christmas song every day through our hearts when we sing any like away in a manger Mary did you know hark the herald it was the angel that said he will bring good news to all the people. If we can go ahead and lower the lights for this prayer, all of them. The reason I want to do this is because we're getting ready to go into communion. And I really want you to just focus on our candle manger, if you will. If there's anything that is a burden on your heart right now, as I pray, I pray that you pray also for that cleansing, for that freedom, so that as you leave today, you can truly shout to the mountaintops that the Save the Date invitation has arrived and he will arrive again to do business with mankind and with the enemy. Let's pray. Dear gracious Lord, this night no one is a stranger. All are joined together in one family. You have adopted each of us is through the miracle birth of one baby boy that you have redeemed us and welcomed us with open arms. The anticipation arrives every single year, but God, we forget the ultimate invitation was sent out from the garden when you put creation on notice that you would send the one. Let us share our joy and excitement at being present with you here today as we remember that you reached down to earth you touched our lives through the agape of Christmas and the agape of our qualifier, Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. If our ushers will please come forward, we can raise the lights again.
Christ our Lord invites you to the table, all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sins and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess with our hearts and be reconciled to God and to one another. As we give thanks and praise him forever, for he redeems us and we abide with him. And all with God, let there be peace on earth. With all the company of heaven, we praise your name and we join together in this hymn. is your son, Jesus, who you anointed with the Holy Spirit. He brings good news, freedom, sight, and deliverance to all who trust in him. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and the Holy Spirit. On the night when he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, he gave thanks, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many and for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts of Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit as we gather here today on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, one in ministry for all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Now 
us join together with one voice as we pray the way the disciples were taught to pray so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Because there's one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we are to partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break today is the sharing of the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is the sharing of the blood of Christ. The Lord's table is not ours. It is his. It's for all people. All are invited to come to the table of grace. Both members, visitors, any age, any denomination, any degree of faith, even those of no faith, you are welcome. We ask that you come as you feel led.
been a wonderful service. I, I thank you all for being here. I thank everybody who uh, who, who helped to, uh, to to make this happen. Um, and, and I want to especially thank our, our musicians, Paul and Michael and, and Judy and our, our choir up here. Um, this has been a great Sunday for music because we all heard some beautiful music and I didn't work at all for it. So I invite you now to stand as you're able. We're going to make a quick change, and I'm sorry I didn't think to do this with the screen, so you may just have to go by memory or use these hymnals that we bought. Um, we are going to fin uh, we're going to close with number 203, Go Tell It on the Mountain. Molly later if it was one of those sure but I love that song I absolutely love that song now receive this benediction God's love knows no bounds love came down at Christmas a love so deep so profound that nothing we will ever do will be the same again know that this love came for you and it came for me it came to touch our lives heal our souls 
forgive our wrongs, and to make us whole. I pray you have an absolute blessed Christmas as you go tell about the birth of the qualifier that came from the ultimate save the date invitation from the garden. I pray you tell it from the mountaintops. Now go in the name of the Father, forgiveness of Christ, and the peace of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you.